T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome everybody, another Wacky Monday edition of Sports Daily. Another wild weekend of football. Here we go. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Chad Chambers producing for us. We get the Chief. Program, a tough KU fans. A week that, hey, survive and move on for K-State fans. The NFL was nuts as usual. Welcome in, everybody. Tommy, how are you? How was the weekend? It was great, man. Another wild week of football, both in college and the pros. Ready to get into it today. I can't wait. I don't even know where to begin, honestly. I, let's begin with the NFL because it's, you know, we had Sunday Night Football and it's the most recent. We'll get to K-State, the win in Farmageddon, the escape, the everything you want to call it, but hey, it's the right outcome, the the Wildcats, number 17 in the polls, uh, KU, the injury to Jalen Daniels, the tough loss to TCU, all the fanfare, all of it. They maintain their spot in the 20, top 25. So we'll talk college football plenty as we get through the program here. But the NFL, we're coming right out of a Sunday, Tommy. We don't have the Chiefs yet. The Chiefs host the Raiders tonight. Uh, you and I text them back and forth just some of the storylines that you know sort of pop up throughout a football weekend and there were a ton of them in the NFL Uh, we had Skylar Thompson make his NFL debut we had Tom Brady get the benefit of a pretty bad call we had you know teams 
lose Jacksonville to Houston and, and just turn everything upside down from what we think we know, that the Packers lost to the Giants behind a comeback, and Brian Dable may need to go into the Hall of Fame right now for the Giants' start that they're on. The Ravens with a massive win over Cincinnati, who's now under 500 more than a month into the season. All of these storylines there, the Cowboys' big winners behind another great defensive performance, and when we're sort of spitballing these, it makes you think, Tommy, that two teams are standing out above the rest. Without a doubt. I mean, I wonder if any other team in the NFL wants to, to be anywhere close to where the Bills and the Chiefs are right now. Like, And that's really what I thought of throughout the entire slate of games yesterday. Like, outside of the Buffalo Bills absolutely dismantling the Steelers, really there were a lot of teams that I felt like at one point where, you know, we talked about being contenders that barely escaped against their opponents or in the worst case scenario, like the Packers, for instance, absolutely lost and looked bad while doing it. So it makes me wonder if there's any other team in the NFL that can stand with the Chiefs and the Bills or if those two teams are head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah, I, I, I mean, my gut says they are, but they've each lost a game. Right. And in the Chiefs case, they've laid an egg. So I, I think they're capable. I, I don't think that there is a team that you can say is a clear touchdown or more favorite in every game that they'll play. I don't think that team exists right now. Maybe Buffalo. Maybe. Because they're playing next level stupid good defense along with the offense we all already knew was going to be good. And and basically they've had just an insane number of injuries early in this season to significant players, and they still look like a juggernaut. So, yeah, I think that Buffalo and the Chiefs are ahead, but I don't think it's by a gaping wide margin because we've seen each of those teams. We've only played five and four games for them, and they've each got a loss, right? So it's not, in, in the Chiefs' case, they got a loss to Indianapolis. Um, Buffalo's was to Miami, a better team than Indianapolis, but still. I think, though, that we would be naive to ignore what's happening in Philadelphia. By the way, the NFC East, which we all predicted might be the worst division in football, looks so far like maybe one of the stronger divisions in football, although I think there's a lot of fool's gold in that. But, hey, they're winning games. Um, Philadelphia is really interesting. Philadelphia, and we'll see what happens tonight. If the Chiefs don't win by two touchdowns, Philadelphia will have a better uh, overall season margin of victory. They haven't lost a game. By the way, they're the only team in football that can claim that. Uh, they're getting, I, I don't know how they've turned Jalen Hurts into as good a quarterback as they have, but they have. And their defense has played pretty well. And I think they belong just because they haven't lost yet. Um, but do I think Philadelphia is as good as Kansas City or Buffalo? I don't think so. But, man, I can't wait to see them start to play some people. Uh, they get Dallas next week. But, they, they, Tommy, we're not going to see them tested just a whole lot. I mean, that Dallas game will be interesting, uh, certainly, because I think Dallas is playing at a really high level right now. Yeah, but well, going back after, to what you 
Well, I just want to say, going back to what you were saying about the Bills and the Chiefs, yeah, I mean, they both have losses. They both had, you know, kind of duds, but I guess with Buffalo, you know, they played on the road at Miami, and their defense was absolutely decimated for that game. So I cut them a little bit of slack for that. And then Kansas City, yeah, we all know they laid an egg against Indianapolis, but that seems to be an aberration so far uh, throughout the course of their season. Philadelphia, yeah, they're 5-0. and They're the only team that can claim that, but it took – Two mental mistakes from Kyler Murray at the end of the game for Philadelphia to escape Arizona with a win to stay undefeated. So I, I absolutely don't put them in the same class that I do Buffalo and Kansas City. Here's the thing with Philadelphia that's really strange. You have the big win over Minnesota. That was everybody's sort of like, whoa, they're, they're actually really good. Okay. Detroit, Washington, Jacksonville, and Arizona are their other wins. They'll play Dallas this week before the bye. After the bye, Pittsburgh, Houston, Washington, Indy, the Packers, Tennessee, Giants, Chicago, Dallas again, New Orleans, and the Giants. Their schedule is soft, Tommy. It's very soft, especially when you compare it to the Bills and the Chiefs. Now, granted, they don't play in the same conference, so it really doesn't matter. But the Bills are going to – I mean, the the Eagles are going to win a ton of games, and they're going to be hard to evaluate because, you know, I I guess if they take care of business, that's fine, but they're going to play a lot of teams where they'll be favored – I mean, the Eagles are are very likely, because they get the Packers at home, going to be favored in every single game they play the rest of the way. I, I, I think that's going to happen. So yeah, and they're over you know, there that, in the NFC, though. Right. Yeah, I, and you, know, you look at what you know the Eagles have been able to do so far this season, and I do agree with you. They've been able to develop Jalen Hurts into a quality quarterback, at least so far here early in the season. But I, I, don't, I still don't put him at the top of my list or even really maybe in the top three or top five of, of starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I mean, I, I feel like he's playing good football. He's playing good enough football to get the Eagles to a five and zero start. But, you know, I think that, you know, with that schedule, he definitely can continue that on, but do I think that he's elite and do I think that they're a Super Bowl team right now? I don't, I still feel like I need to see more, from Philadelphia before I'm ready to say, all right, yeah, these guys are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I, you know, I, well, they're a Super Bowl contender because I don't know who's going to beat them in the NFC, right? They, they've got such a good chance to get there at this point. And we'll see with the Cowboys. The Cowboys are an interesting team. And, we'll, you know, they're, they're certainly a storyline from the weekend, beating the Rams on the road. Man, they didn't get anything going on offense, but their defense right now looks like the best defense in football. Buffalo has something to say about that, but at least in the NFC. Um, so it, it's it's an interesting NFL right now. The Chiefs, yeah, it was an aberration maybe, but they're capable of the aberration is what that tells us right now. You would get further into the season and those don't come anymore, and then it's like, okay, we don't we can pretend that game didn't even happen. And they may do that now anyway. Yeah, Chiefs, Bills. And and when do they play? Is that next week? Yeah, next I mean, week soon. is that game. Yep, it is. And it's in and, it's in Kansas City. It's a, you know, it's an afternoon game, so we'll find out and that game is going to have a massive impact, I think, on home field in the postseason. The AFC yeah. West, the Chargers survive. Uh Denver we saw on Thursday and we see the Raiders tonight. But the Chiefs can really do themselves a lot of fit. Let's not forget, too, Tommy, and let's be real honest about this. The Chiefs were the Chiefs won the game against the Chargers. 
you can make a pretty easy case that they weren't the better team on the field that day either. So I'm not sure well, no. I can say the yeah. Chiefs and the and the I think the Bills have even played at a, at a at a higher pace and a better level than than even the Chiefs have, even though we both were on the Chiefs all off season and, and liking them to win the division and all of those things. And, and that's that's really what this NFL slate so far this season has been about is survive and advance, right? It's it's get out of wherever you're playing with the win. Uh, we really, you know, we haven't seen a ton of overall decisive victories from really a lot of teams. I mean, I guess you look at Buffalo yesterday against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's really bad. I mean, on both sides of the ball, they're they're just they're brutal. Their defense is terrible. Uh, and Kenny Pickett's going to take a while to, I think turn into the quarterback that everybody wants him to be. But, you know, that was a dominant win. I guess you look at, at Kansas City against Tampa Bay a week ago. That was fairly decisive, although the score, you know, looks a little bit closer than I think it actually was. But other than that, you know, there's there are a lot of teams that are are barely surviving. And that's kind of the name of the game right now in the NFL. Look at all the teams from yesterday that barely got out of uh, of their game with a victory that we thought, all right, well, you know, more than likely they're going to dominate or they're going to at least play really well. The Chargers being one of them, it took a Jacoby Brissett interception late in the game that was a terrible ball, by the way, for the Chargers to, to win that game. They escaped. It took a, a terrible call on Tom Brady for the Buccaneers to escape against the Falcons. It took the Titans, you know, down the, the commanders took Tennessee down to the wire uh, for the Titans to get that victory. And let's not forget about the Vikings against one of the worst offenses in the NFL with the, the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. And the Vikings barely got out of there uh, with a victory yesterday also. So there were a lot of escapes. Of course, we talked about the Eagles and Cardinals game. You know, Philly barely escaped Arizona with the win so th this you know a Justin Tucker field goal at the end of regulation for the Ravens to win like these are teams that I feel like as the season goes on if they want to if these teams want to be contenders they're going to have to have more decisive victories more so than what we saw yesterday we're I don't think we're going to I mean we almost never do in the NFL right like teams rarely just run the gauntlet and and dominate all the way through I mean Yes, the Chiefs laid an egg against Indianapolis. They very easily could have lost the game to the Chargers, and, and you know they found a way to win. They snatched you know victory from the mouth of defeat, and then they've looked really good against Arizona and really good against Tampa. That's sort of their season so far. So I, I, I am, and, and we'll get into the game specifically, I, I have some concern about the Raiders tonight. Long week at home. I think they're going to be fine, and I think they're going to cover. But it, it, they're not yet to a place where I'm like, all right, the Chiefs are good. They're going to be good. Because I do think there are some things that they've still got to work on. Now, they were flat dominant against Tampa. That score is deceptive. They had Tampa against the ropes all game long, all of these things. But I still think that we there are some things for the Chiefs that we will need to see. I hope if it's the same against Tampa, that's fine. But look, the Chiefs next three weeks, you've got this one, then you've got the Raiders at home, and then you go to San Francisco and face one of the best defenses in football. That I mean, that's the Chiefs before the bye. The Chiefs have a really interesting and tough stretch. Do you think the Chiefs are going through this three-game stretch 3-0 three and right now, Tommy? Uh, you know, I think that they have the the personnel to do so. They have the talent to make it happen. 
that Buffalo game, man, I, I, I don't even know. At this point, I'm going to be really curious once we get past tonight's game. Uh, and, and, you know, the, by the way, I think the Chiefs need to really make sure, and, I, and Andy Reid is really good at this, so I don't have a, a huge concern about it, but the Chiefs need to make sure they're not looking ahead to next week. Uh, they, need to, they need to handle their business at home against the Raiders. And, and I don't think that Kansas City will ever overlook the Raiders. That rivalry has gone on forever, and they hate each other. But, you know, for the young guys in that locker room, and, and you saw what Buffalo did yesterday, it's it's going to be tempting to look ahead. Oh yeah, you know the Raiders are not very good. Their record indicates that. Uh, let's look ahead to Buffalo and make sure that we're doing everything we need to do for that game. Uh, they need to make sure that they're 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 coming out to play against the Raiders tonight. Um, the other thing that I, I think is really the only chance that the Raiders have to keep this game close is desperation like they are a desperate team they were a desperate team last week they're a desperate team this week and so you know i think that they're going to try to jump out as early as they can in this game and you know really try to to try to get the the chiefs with their backs up against the wall early on do i think they'll do it probably not but i do definitely think that they've got that desperation so to answer your question do i think kansas city will go three and oh um i hope they go three and oh uh, yeah. But I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not ready to, to, to say that quite yet. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a responsible prediction to say, yes, they'll go three and oh, not, not yeah. based on what we've seen so far. We may, you know, if they win convincingly tonight and play the way they did against Tampa, then I think we could, you know, reasonably say, yeah, I expect them to do that. And then at that point you expect them to, to be able to beat Buffalo at home, which is reasonable. God, I don't know good. where that line's going to land. They are good, but so are the Chiefs when they play like they play against Tampa, right? The Chiefs, the Chiefs' defense has been different than Buffalo's for sure. Buffalo's has been a little more smothering. Um, the Chiefs' defense has played pretty well, and I do also think that the Chiefs' defense, because of how many young players and because they haven't had McDuffie and because they haven't had Willie Gay and. There, it is very reasonable to expect this defense to get better as the season goes on, and I think it's off to a great start, a start any of us would have hoped for as they made all the changes that they made. So there is, I think, more room to grow for the Chiefs' defense than Buffalo's defense. Buffalo's defense may already be there, but I think the Chiefs can continue to get there if they're able to continue the momentum they've started. And offensively, Kind of the same thing, maybe. And this is where I still have pause with the Chiefs to some degree. They did stretch the field a little bit against Tampa. They were able to get Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Sky Moore on some deeper routes. If they can do that, I'll feel much better. They've done it once, and they've done it most recently. they got to keep doing it, though, because when teams have clamped down on them and, and sort of pressed them down, it does slow the momentum of what this offense ultimately wants to do. Well, look, I'll tell you on the other side of the ball, the X factor for Kansas City, I think if if you if you can reasonably think that Kansas City will go 3 and 0 in their next 3 games, in my opinion, it comes down to the young secondary for Kansas City. I mean, you're dealing with some major major weapons over the next 3 weeks starting tonight, Devontae Adams, 
for Las Vegas. And then, of course, all the weapons that Josh Allen has. Gabe Davis had an incredible game yesterday. Now, keep in mind, Pittsburgh's secondary is trash right now. But they've got Davis. They've got Diggs. They've got McKenzie. I mean, they've got weapons. And then, of course, Debo Samuel with San Francisco. So the next three weeks, that stretch is going to be absolutely crucial for the secondary for Kansas City. Uh, look, you're going to have you're going to have three of the top five receivers yep. up against you over the next three weeks. And you just and you just had Mike Evans, right? So, okay, three of the top five make it four of the top ten, right? But three of the top five in the next three weeks, you're right. Adams, who could be one behind or, or two behind Cooper Cup, I suppose. Uh, but then Steph Diggs has been fantastic and Debo's a unicorn, even though <sighs> Even though Debo really let me down yesterday in the wagering <laughs> world. Um, oh, man. Whatever. I'm not bitter. I'm very bitter. But whatever. For another day. It, it's it's just interesting in the NFL that Buffalo's back to where we thought they were. The Chiefs, I think, very much with a win tonight in the way they won against Tampa could put themselves up with Buffalo and away from everybody else. I don't know. And back to Philly, and then we'll wrap and go into college football. Back to Philly in this, and this is what's interesting. I don't think any of us, there's no doubt right Buffalo is up there. There's very little doubt that the Chiefs are also up there. There's still quite a bit of doubt that Philly's up there. And based on the schedule that they play, there's really not going to be anything that they do, probably, that puts them up there for most people. I mean, if they go... 15 and 2 or 16 and 1 with the schedule that they play. I still find it hard to believe that people are going to elevate them, assuming health and all those things, right? That's a hard thing to say on October 10th. But I just don't know if they're ever going to be able to go out and get the kinds of wins. I mean, is it, it, you know, they'll play the Cowboys and the Packers. That's kind of it, right? Like, as far as teams that we think are pretty good right now. And, and I don't even know how good I think the Cowboys are. I'm having a hard time with that as a Cowboys fan. But it's interesting with those two teams right now, the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah. And we'll find out tonight. Look, they play next week. The Bills may be still another level ahead of the Chiefs. I think that's reasonable. I'm excited to see the Chiefs' young defense tonight. And I'm excited to see if they can incorporate a little more into the offense. We'll have much more on Monday Night Football. You'll hear it tonight on KFH here as we go along. Let's go to some college football, and let's start with the good news. K-State wins. They get the win in Farmageddon, despite Ames being weird as usual. We'll talk cats next on Sports Daily. Welcome back, everybody. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you. Uh, man. <sighs> what a what a Saturday of college football. This was wild. It was crazy. Um, the Big 12 was very interesting. Texas flexing. Don't know what to make of OU. We'll find out soon because that's where uh, Kansas goes this weekend. Oklahoma State holds serve. TCU 
hold serve. Kansas State holds serve. That's where the Big 12 sits right now. I think that we're very much still in a situation, and you can include Kansas in this, quite frankly, Baylor as well. Uh, the way Kansas played against TCU, even despite a quarterback injury, they belong. But Kansas State right now, Tommy, looks like a team that really could win the Big 12. Nothing is happening that is swaying me from that sentiment, which I've had all offseason. Not saying they will. I'm saying they're capable, though. Um, I, it's so weird. We look at this game. I talked about talked to people about it all week. They're like, what do you think of the K-State game? I'm like, man, it's my favorite bet of the week. I just don't see it. Kansas State's better than Iowa State at everything Iowa State does. But here comes that X factor, and we know it's there, of playing a night game in Ames. Kansas State, you know, dominated as far as yards gained, yards allowed. They threw for more yards. They ran for more yards. They had more first downs. They didn't play, you know, they didn't have a ton of penalties or anything like that. But weird stuff happens like missed chip shot field goals and insanely odd fumbles at the goal line on breakaway touchdowns. And what should have been probably a 10-point win turns into a one-point win. But you know what? When you play there at night, Tommy, at this point, like, I'll take it. K-State escaped, that's fine. I don't look at this any differently than K-State took care of business because these you could see it coming a mile away. Defensively, Duke and Anandike Uzama, they leave like on the first three plays defensively, and you're watching, and you're like, oh my God, this is happening. Like all these crazy things. Deuce Vaughn's limping around. Your two best defensive players are limping around. You have the fumble at the goal line and missed field goal. It's like, this, this is it. The Ames thing is going to happen here, but they escaped. And you could tell by Chris Kleiman after that game on the sideline and how excited he was that he is perfectly happy with getting the hell out of there with a win, no matter how it came. Yeah, I mean, look, I think you can you can spin this either way. And I'm okay with it. Like, I understand. I get it either way. You can look at it. On the positive side, the the glass half full side by saying that was a gritty win by Kansas State. And that's the positive way. And I get it. And I'm okay with it. And I agree with that. But then I think you can also spin it the negative way if you want to and say that was an ugly win for Kansas State. And I get it. I understand that too. And I don't disagree with it. I mean, I think there were components of both in this game. Um, One thing about Iowa State is that, yeah, they're not a good football program right now. Um, they're just not, especially offensively. The one thing that Iowa state can do is they can stop the run. And they did that, uh, somewhat effectively against Kansas state, you know, Adrian Martinez still scrambled for 77 yards, had, you know, those designed runs that he does, uh, and that worked out decently well. He averaged over four yards a carry. I know Deuce Vaughn was hobbled some, saw him limping off the field at one point, but they really did a good job eliminating him. He only had 10 touches and 23 yards in this game. Um, so, I, again, you, you go to Ames, and I don't disagree with you. You go to Ames, and you're fortunate to get out of there with the victory. I can just I can go either way. In fact, I could go both ways, that it was both gritty and ugly at the same time. But you know what? For a team to win the Big 12, like a Kansas State, you got to have victories like that. You can't, you can't have it be, you know, ballet every time. You got to have a dogfight occasionally. And they had a dogfight against Iowa State, and it certainly worked. They got the win. They got out of there. And I, I, I agree with you. They're in the driver's seat right now to win the Big 12. Let me, let me ask you this a different way. 
and I and I think this is more of where I'm at with it. You and again, this is the beginning. Remember, this happened three weeks ago, not currently with Oklahoma. But you go to Norman and you win by seven. You bring Texas Tech, who's looked good in every game they've played, and you beat them by nine. And then you go to Iowa State, and let's say, and, and this is this is in hypothetical. Let's say they make the chip shot field goal and they don't fumble on a breakaway touchdown at the one yard line, and the outcome is twenty to nine in Ames. Everything else stays the same, and obviously that didn't happen. But it's reasonable. The two, those two things I meant, like those aren't like, oh, what if? They, no, like that. that that game should have been 20 to 9. So if it was that, would you feel more confident in K-State's placement? And you just said that you think they're in the driver's seat. So I'm not I'm not trying to say that you're not saying that. But does that how much better does that make you feel? Uh, I mean it does and I I I would submit that, you know, we've talked at length about how bad that two-lane loss was for Kansas State and I'm starting to think that maybe that was exactly what the Wildcats needed. You know, they needed to get Could kicked be. in the pants a little bit, you know, to be able to then get into Big 12 play and take down Oklahoma, take down Texas Tech, and then, you know, be able to beat Iowa State. And then you you look at what this game was on Saturday, Farmageddon, and it most closely resembled the two-lane game from three weeks ago. Uh, this game wasn't like the Oklahoma game. It wasn't like the Texas Tech game. There were similarities to the the Tulane game that Kansas State lost. And that's what I think, that's what makes Chris Kleiman such a good coach and building such a good culture there is the fact that they were able to, I think, take lessons from that Tulane loss and apply it to this game on Saturday and say, look, we're not going to let the same thing happen again. You know, it's a dogfight. It's it's going to be, you know, tooth and nail. We're going to be scrappy. We're, you know, we're not going to be able to put up, you know, 40 points. And, and that's just not the way that this game is played against Iowa State. So how do we turn that around and, and make it a win and have it be a different outcome than what we had against Tulane? And they and they were able to do that. I think one thing that is that I, I've been wanting to bring up to you for the last 48 hours, Jacob, is... Adrian Martinez, 12 of 19, 246 yards through the air and a touchdown. He had two big plays, two home run plays during that game, one of which resulted in that fumble at the goal line. Uh, but I've not seen Adrian Martinez have that kind of, a, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it, that kind of a cannon for an arm to be able to throw it downfield like he did maybe ever. And so I'm waiting for you to tell me that I was right, that he can do it. I would have to go back and chart it. And my point with Adrian Martinez before this season, and especially early in this season, was don't expect him to do more as a passer than he did for four years at Nebraska. So I don't know. The two big plays you mentioned, if you take those away, and I don't, I don't know what the other one was. I mean, you subtract 81, right? And that, a lot of that is... Let me let me start let me start over. Adrian Martinez, because I was going to bring this up before you just said that. I thought watching that game, and again, I'd have to chart it, but it felt like at least watching it that it, he looked better as a passer certainly now than he did early in the season in his 100%. ability to push it down the field. Um, why that is, I'm not sure. He still ran the ball effectively, and here's what I liked about Adrian Martinez against Iowa State. Well, number one, Iowa State's defense is dang good, like real good. We've known that. And we expected that, but they backed it up again. But that game, 
was interesting, and you could feel the way it was being played. And in the two-lane game, which I agree was sort of trending in that same direction, Adrian Martinez did everything but step up into the big moment. So, yes, he had the he had the yardage. The, my most impressive thing about Adrian Martinez right now is his swag because he put the team on his back. Deuce Vaughn was hobbled. They, they had an answer for Deuce Vaughn, right? So what did Adrian Martinez do? Every critical moment, he kept the ball, he put it in his own hands, and, and he was the one to make those plays. We didn't see that kind of thing out of Adrian Martinez early. So I do think and continue to believe that since the Tulane game, Colin Klein and he, however that's happened, he has been unlocked a little bit. And there's no question with him as the running threat he is now that his receivers are going to have chances to run free. One thing you can say about Phillip Brooks and Malik Knowles is they're capable of big plays. All right, so there it is, 81 and 68. I'm looking because Knowles had the other one and Brooks had one. So that's 149 yards on two completions. So, and I don't, I'm not saying you should take these completions away because you shouldn't. But if you were looking at the rest of his game, take 149 yards out, you're looking at roughly 100 yards on 10 completions um, for 17 attempts. That's still relatively low. But the reason I'm okay with that now is because he can carry it for four and five yards at a time. So he's because he, that's what he, we weren't seeing that earlier. Now with that component to his game, absolutely he's playing at a next level. And, and if he can, but, o- if he can only do the big plays, like if the big plays are in the arsenal now, that makes their offense more dangerous. Obviously, but but that's the way that Iowa State beats you is they they stop your run or at least they they do what they can to <laughs> limit that. And you know we yeah. saw Adrian Martinez in the last couple of weeks, you know, have over a hundred yards and and several touchdowns. I mean that OU game was was stupid what Adrian Martinez was right. able to do with his legs. Uh, he, he still ran pretty well, had 77 yards, but really it was the, the way that Iowa state can get beat is through the air. And mm-hmm. that's, and of course the, their offense is not good. Hunter Deckers is not a good quarterback. They have no run game right now at all. Uh, so really ultimately it's the, their defense, they dare opposing offenses to beat to beat them with the arm and they dared Adrian Martinez to do that. And there were some home run shots that were open with Malik Knowles and Phillip Brooks. I don't think you can take them away. I'm not suggesting that you are, but I don't think you can take those big plays away because it all plays into the overall, um, the overall script of the game that the overall, you know, the, the way that it all played out. I liked the fact, and I think this is what bodes well for Kansas state moving forward is that Iowa state dared Kansas state to beat them with Adrian Martinez's arm. And he did it. He was mm-hmm. able to make it happen. And we've been saying that since day one, that, you know, what's going to happen when Kansas State needs Adrian Martinez to throw the football to win the game? Can he do it? And I've said since day one, he can. It's just a matter of whether or not he will. And he sure as hell did it on Saturday. Yeah, and he'll, he'll I mean, the, the difference in Adrian Martinez now versus the first three games of the season is it's like it's not even the same person. And, and I think the moment that got unlocked is when they just let him run and just said, run, man. Like, you, you're yeah. one of the best athletes on the field at all times. Prove it. And they had they had the, the K-State running attack bottled up outside yep. of Adrian Martinez moving the chains and running the clock. I, I think K-State should be thrilled with that game because all the weird stuff that happens in Ames happened, and they won it anyway. 
Now they get a bye week, and Adrian Martinez is going to face the defense that, you know, before he even got hurt, was really limiting Jalen Daniels. So, look, TCU's the real deal. Uh, Let me – I'm going to do a quick check before we go to break on TCU because I haven't looked ahead to the schedule yet. I want to know if and who they play this week. Well, while you're looking at that – they have While Oklahoma State, that, so yeah, TC, yeah, great opportunity for K-State. Real quickly, I mean, I, I think that this, the win on Saturday against Iowa State, as weird and wacky as it was, could end up and should end up being a signature win. And and you saw Chris Kleiman on the sideline afterwards yep. being super excited about it. I don't blame yep. him because that's a defining win for your program as you're in hunt for a Big 12 championship. And when both of us, and I think we both think this, believe that the Big 12 champion will not be unbeaten in the conference, right? Like, I don't think that's going to happen for any team. When that's the scenario, getting that win at Iowa State means a lot. Because, you know, it could be the difference in eking that out to get yourselves into a Big 12 championship game or not. TCU gets Oklahoma State, and then they get Kansas State. Kansas State gets the bye. This is a great opportunity now for the Wildcats to come in and 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 knock them down because those are their next two opponents too. God, TCU, Oklahoma State, are you kidding me? Give me that game. I don't, I don't think you're going to tell me there's better game than that this weekend. I'm excited about that. I hadn't even seen that yet. All right, uh, let's come back. We'll we'll talk about the Tom Brady deal because it's it's a big storyline today, and it and it ties in to some degree with the reason we saw Skylar Thompson on Sunday. Uh, we'll we'll hit that as we wrap up, and then we'll get into KU as we start the next hour. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, it's Sports Daily on KFH. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. All right, so early in the day, Skylar Thompson, who, look, we've thought had a really good uh, chance to play, the former K-State quarterback who lit up the preseason. The Dolphins made sure they kept him on the roster. Teddy Bridgewater, who has a long injury history in there. Skylar Thompson basically played the whole game. Um, 19-33, 166 yards, had a fumble, had an interception. Uh, less than ideal debut, but you know when you don't when you're when you're spurred into things that quickly. Um, I don't. I mean, it was it was okay uh, for Thompson, but he's in the game because Teddy Bridgewater, who left the game very early on injury, we're told it's an elbow injury. Okay, he'll come back. Then we later find out no Bridgewater actually entered the concussion protocol and will not be allowed to return because the new spotter saw some moment of signs of a concussion, right? Wobbly, whatever you, however it's officially described. We all know what we're talking about here. So he wasn't allowed to come back in. That's the new protocol. Basically, there's a spotter that looks. If they see something like that, like, oh, this player might be concussed, they will not reenter the game. That's where we're at now because of the Tuatonga Viola situation on this same team, right? That's where we are. So Skylar Thompson gets his chance to come in and we'll see if this is a one-week thing or longer. I don't think we know that yet. But, Tommy, after the Tua situation, are we satisfied with how that played out as far as it pertains to Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, I think you have to be. I mean, this is what uh, this is what everybody was clamoring for, and now we're actually seeing it in action uh, where it's an abundance of caution. Did Teddy Bridgewater have a concussion? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, the the – the official results will come out soon uh, about that. But, you know, with everything, the, the, the shocking nature of what happened with Tagovailoa, um, you have to, and of course, it being the same team with Teddy Bridgewater, you have to make that move. You have to, you have to have that happen. Um, so I'm, I'm fully satisfied with it. This is, I think, what you have to do. It is. And, and I think I'm okay with it because, you know, that's just where we need to be. It's going to be frustrating in games. And it pro- you know, had this not happened to the Dolphins, right, if this were any other team, you know, fans and players on that team might be slightly frustrated. But because it was the Dolphins, I don't think anybody's frustrated, right, because it's the same team where we saw the Tua situation. But that's the way it's going to be now. And, and quite frankly, it's probably the way it should be. So there's that situation. Then later in the early window, so we know that the the protocol has changed. It changed before games were played, and it was very clearly implemented in that moment. And here's where this gets interesting as it pertains to Tom Brady. Brady, in a critical moment of the Falcons game, is tackled in a very routine way and in a way that I don't think anybody on the planet would say was malicious at all right, is tackled in a key spot and roughing the passer. Everyone says that's the worst roughing the passer call I've ever seen. I don't agree with that because I think Brady himself has had worse roughing the passer calls. But it was a, it was a, it was a tough call. However, it was a call on a play that we saw him tackled the exact same way Tua was tackled for his injury, right? The roll and spin thing, which is... Quite frankly, unavoidable 
It's a football play. I don't know what else you're supposed to do. But I think, Tommy, and I know everybody thinks this is the Brady thing, and I get it, although I don't buy into that sometimes because I think Brady and Roger Goodell don't necessarily like each other. But I think it's the way he was tackled in response to the Tua thing is why that flag was thrown. I don't think it was Brady. I think it was that. Now, the same type of play happened with Lamar Jackson on Sunday Night Football, and it wasn't called, so maybe I'm a little bit off there. But I don't know if that penalty is thrown if the rules don't change because we saw what happened to Tua in the way he was tackled, which was this exact same way. Brady didn't hit his head, thankfully. But that play is conducive to guys hitting their head on the turf. Uh, I mean, I completely disagree. Uh, I don't think that that's the case at all. I think this is a, a Tom Brady thing, number one. But I also think it's a Jerome Boger thing, number two. I mean, he's consistently one of the worst, if not the worst referees in the NFL and has been consistently for some time. Uh, he's like the Angel Hernandez of NFL referees. Um, terrible call. And But I, I, I do agree. Where I do agree with you is that this was by far not even the worst roughing the passer penalty on Tom Brady, Chris Jones and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game would right. like to have a word because all Chris Jones did was kind of slap Brady on the arm and got a roughing the passer call uh, on Brady. So this was not the worst one, but it was still egregious. And this was in a critical game where, you know, the, the Falcons had, would have had moment. an opportunity yeah. to get the ball back and win the game. You know, they were only down by six. Instead, it extends the drive. And, and you know, it, it is what it is. It's egregious. It's, it's disappointing. But I think that the reason why I say that this is not a... This is not related to the concussion thing. It's not related to the Tagovailoa thing is because I watched quarterbacks get lit up time and time again yesterday that weren't named Tom Brady. Matthew Stafford, his head actually did hit the turf and he didn't get a roughing the passer call. Joe Burrow got lit up on Sunday Night Football multiple times and never got a rushing uh, roughing the passer call. Uh, I don't buy it that this was related to the concussion stuff. I just think it was a terrible call. And Tom Brady got to be the beneficiary of it like he typically is. It was a terrible call. Don't mistake my concern. Not It's not even concern. It's observation of what we saw with Teddy, the nature of that play. I, I just don't know if we're going to start seeing more of that call on those kinds of tackles. I hope not. And I hope not, I hope not. because it's an great, unavoidable great. It's an unavoidable Jared couldn't have done play. anything differently. He, could, I, he literally I know. couldn't have done anything differently. I mean, at some point, right, if you have to make that call, you're going to have to put flags on the quarterback because yeah. that is, like, you can't just light them up anymore, which I'm fine with, by the way. And if you can't whip them on, on a tackle like that, there's too many quarterbacks that are good at breaking tackles, right? You'd never be able to sack them. But you can like, we light see quarterbacks, quarterbacks up duck. because it happened all day yesterday to quarterbacks. Well, you know what Tom I mean, Brady. though. Like, you can't come in and just blast a quarterback up high anymore. Like, you can't. Not not the way they used to. Not, not the way uh, Bruce Smith was lighting quarterbacks up. Like, you can't do that kind of stuff. You got to protect him above the neck. All those things. But at some point, if you can't tackle them to the ground by the waist you're gonna have to put flags on them and i'm not look i'm not saying that as an overreaction saying that's ridiculous or like i just don't know what you're supposed to do as a defender if you can't tackle them that way so we'll see but very clearly the protocol is in effect Ted, teddy bridgewater maybe it doesn't have anything to do with brady or not but things are changing it's interesting that it happened in the dolphins game and it's interesting that a key moment with a quarterback happened with brady maybe it is just brady I don't know. We'll see. It's something to watch, though, as we continue this NFL season. 
for sure. All right, Jayhawk fans, how you feeling today? Because I think Jayhawk fans should actually be feeling pretty dang good. I'll tell you why as we continue on Sports Daily. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 